0: Well, Jesus, the Messiah, was the Savior of the world. But what would it be like to have met Jesus the, the three years that he had his ministry here on earth? What would that look like? To have a 30-minute conversation with Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God in the flesh. To hear his teachings and to witness his miracles and to hear people, oh, when, when he healed people. What would that have been like? This series, Once I Met Jesus, is... A time when we take a look at the life and the ministry of Jesus through the lens of the people that were there when he walked the earth. As we get to know him through the people that met him when he was on the earth, hopefully there is this, this, uh, this, this thing that happens on the inside of us where we want to get to know him a little bit better and we would understand why we want to follow him and give our lives to him. Well, let's begin with prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for bringing us here today. And I pray, Lord, that you will speak to us and thank you for every mother that's here and, and thank you, Lord, that we get to honor not only you today, but we get to honor our mothers. I pray, Father, that you will bless us as we receive of your word in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. look at your neighbor and say, Happy Mother's Day. Now, today is a special day because we're going to take a look at the life of Jesus. We're going to take a look at the life of Jesus through the eyes of his mother. Now, there's no way that we can cover everything what was it like to raise the Messiah Uh, but what we're going to do is we're going to dive into a little bit of the scripture passage and we're going to see a little bit of the life of Jesus through the eyes of his mother and along the way hopefully we're going to talk to we're going to talk about how we honor or how we should honor our mothers is that okay ladies okay so get ready because it's going to be about that Ephesians 6 and 1 says children obey your parents could say children obey your mother because you belong to the Lord out of respect to God obey your parents that's interesting that, that it says that out of honor to God out of respect to God obey your parents because you belong to the Lord for this is the right thing to do honor your father and honor your mother this is the first commandment with promise if you honor your father and mother things will go well for you and you will live long on the earth because your mother won't kill you amen So I think that this is a very unique passage because what it does is, you don't see this a lot, but you see verbatim language of New Testament or Old Old Testament passages in the New Testament. So what happens a lot of times when Jesus came, he brought grace, and there were some things, you know, uh, sin lost its death penalty, and there were things in Old Testament law. But for this particular passage, the commandment is written and stated verbatim. That, it, that nothing has changed from Old Testament and New Testament, that there is this commandment in all of us, or commandment toward all of us, that we are honor, or to honor and obey with our parents. And we're talking about today our mothers. Now, you don't always agree with your mother, right? You're not going to amen to that, are you? You may not always agree, She may say things, and and obviously, as you get older, obedience takes on a different form. It's more out of honor instead of, I better do it or I'm going to, you know, get in trouble, whatever. So, but but the thing is, is you may not always agree, but you can honor even if you don't agree. Amen? You can still obey and you can still honor. So, let's look at Mary. First first of all, I was, as you look at Mary, it's hard to talk about Mary without taking a look at uh, Catholicism. Catholicism gives special honor to Mary above all other saints even though she's not uh, considered divine they believe that she lived without sin and she is it's kind of like God the you know the, the Trinity and then Mary well as you as you read the Bible I really can't find proof that Mary was considered you know above all other saints but I do find proof that she was a regular woman that God used to bring his son into this world. And th- I think that that, is, that should be encouraging to all of us, is that there was nothing nothing necessarily special about the humanity of Mary. In fact, it says there was nothing special about Jesus that we should, Isaiah prophesied about this, there was nothing special about the humanity of Jesus. Obviously, we know that he was God in the flesh, but if you were to look at him, he had a human side of him where he was, he was raised up by a regular mother and a regular father so so uh god used a regular woman who god chose to give birth to his only son now catholics might debate that but i I can't find proof of that in scripture where she was in any way special you can uh, we can see in her story that there was much about jesus as she was raising the messiah there was much about jesus that was very much a mystery to her Uh, and uh because god and i believe that god wanted his son to experience humanity that was one of the reasons why that he, he, had him be, he had Jesus be born of a regular family because he wanted his son to experience humanity. And he wanted, to, God to, he wanted his son to experience humanity. So he gave his son a mother. I believe that special honor is to be given to mothers today. Amen? And I believe that we've lost our sense of honor. If we're not careful, we'll lose our sense of honor. And the wow factor, the, the, the specialty that comes with being a mother this past week it's hard to not see what's going on in the news and there, there's a law that could be overturned a 40 year old law that I, I believe that should never be passed but if we're gonna repair what's going on in our, our nation I think that we have to begin with how we treat our mothers and the honor that is given to motherhood and I believe that as men we should set a mandate in how that we are honor or to honor our wives and our mothers if you believe that same man we see this in the life of Jesus One of the last things, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but one of the last things that Jesus does, I mean one of the last sentences from his mouth before he dies is in honor of his mother. In John 19 and 25, it says this, standing near the cross were Jesus' mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas. Mary Magdalene. So there were three Marys in front of Jesus as he was about to give up the ghost, if you will. When, when Jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple he loved, now this was in John's gospel, John's writing about himself. So anytime you see in John the disciple that Jesus loved, that's John referring to himself. <laughs> I think that that's, kind of, that's, I've always found that kind of amusing that John refers to himself as the one that Jesus loved, as if all the others Jesus didn't love as much. But anyway, he says that Jesus looks down and sees his mother standing next to John, and he says this, dear woman, here is your son. And he said to the disciple, he says to John, here is your mother. And from then on, this disciple took her, as, took her into his home. So it's interesting that one of the last things that Jesus does is he looks down to John, and he says, John, I want you to take care of my mother. And then the next thing he says is, I'm thirsty. And then the next thing that he says is, it is finished. But isn't it beautiful? I think it's a beautiful story that that, that he, he honors. As an example to us, he honors his mother. Well, as a mother, what was it like, as we look at Mary, what was it like to raise the Savior of the world? What kind of pressure? What did that look like for her? I believe that it was different in a lot of Ways, And we're going to talk about that. But I think that it is also the same because God wanted his son to experience humanity. I believe that he used Mary as a regular woman so he would experience humanity. I believe it was the same in many ways. In 1 Corinthians the 13, the Bible says that love is not necessarily feeling as much as it is things that we do. Love is action. So I believe that there were actions of Mary that she loved her son and became an example of mothers. We see the loving characteristics of every mother displayed in the mother of Jesus. And hopefully you see some things, some of your characteristics. Let's talk about those. Number one, what we see in motherly characteristics is we see that a mother sacrifices personally. She has personal sacrifice in order. She she sacrifices personally in uh, in order to be a mother. As far as honoring mothers, it's not just about respect, but we honor mothers in view of the sacrifice that is made in order to have us as children. Now, I, I don't think that men will ever understand I know that I, I, I completely never understand what it is to to, to birth a child. Uh, I, I always tell my wife that I have a high pain tolerance, and she does not agree with that. She does not i mean that, that's all I don 't know what it's like to, to birth a child, but there's other sacrifices associated with becoming a mother if, 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 if a kid is hurting, there is no one that suffers more than a mother. A father is sympathetic a father feels. For you when you're suffering, but a mother suffers with you. You hear what I'm saying? There's a child can't suffer without a mother suffering. A father can kind of can separate a little bit. Yeah, you're going through that. We're gonna you're gonna toughen up what, but a mother feels the suffering of her child. In Luke 2 and 34 and 35, when Jesus was eight days old, they took him into the temple to do this ceremonial dedication that they always do for all Jewish children when they're eight days old. And what happened was they took Jesus. When Jesus came, this prophet that was very old, that was, the Bible says they were, he was waiting for, for the Messiah. And the Lord said that you would not pass from this life until you held the, the Messiah in your hands. So this old uh, prophet, Simeon, walks in and he sees Jesus. And when he sees him, he immediately takes him into his arms and he says these words to Mary. Then Simeon blessed them and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And then he looks into the eyes of Mary and he says this, and a sword will pierce your very soul. Now notice he spoke this to Mary. He didn't necessarily speak this to Joseph. He spoke this To Mary, because a woman sacrifices when her children sacrifice. In other words, Mary, you're gonna go through the suffering that your son goes through. You're gonna feel some of this. You're gonna feel some of the hurt. You're gonna, you're gonna what's gonna happen is as you see him grow older and as you see him have to give his life, you're gonna feel some of that. Because when a child of any age suffers, a mother suffers because it's part of the sacrifice of having children. If you believe that, same man. You know, many of our nation is divided over a mother sacrifice. And I believe that the gift of motherhood in a society can be taken for granted. And when a mother is not honored, a baby can be seen as an inconvenience. And when an unborn child is seen as an inconvenience, it can be seen as a problem. And then generations of unborn children, they can pay a price for the sins of the fathers and mothers. Yes, it is important to pass laws to protect the unborn, but i believe it begins with how we treat our mothers when when motherhood is not cherished when when motherhood is not put in a place where it, that it deserves the unborn can suffer for that I, begins, I believe it begins with honoring our mothers but what if it, what if we really honored the gift of being a mother what if that was really, really something that was viewed at as a gift, and we put it there, and we kept it there? Listen, if you're sitting here today, and your mother chose sacrifice over convenience, and that's why you're here sitting here today, she made a sacrifice in honor of you. We honor our mothers because of their personal sacrifice. Amen? Another thing that we see in a mother is not only does she sacrifice, number two, a mother protects Nobody protects nobody has a heart to protect like a mother in Luke 2 and 6 It says and while they were there the time came for the baby to be born This is the night that Jesus was born It says she gave birth to her firstborn son She wrapped him in swaddling clothes or snugly strips of cloth and laid him in a manger Because there was no lodging available for them that one translation actually says wrapped him in swaddling clothes If do I have an image of that do we have an image? Swaddling? Yeah, okay. So I looked up what swaddling, you know, we know what it means, but what does it actually look like? Now, I learned this when I first, when I had Savannah in the hospital, I kind of like helped out tremendously, and I call this a baby burrito. Did anybody make a baby burrito? Okay, so what this is is, you know, you gotta you make a burrito and you, you know, you gotta tuck it really, really tight because what this does in the hospital is it makes a baby feel secure and safe and it eases the transition into their new world. And I, you know, I, I thought about that. maybe she got training for that, but it's something that, you know, you don't read that, you don't read that Joseph wrapped the baby in swine. You, you read that, that Mary did, and that, obviously, that's a natural form of what a mother would do. It brings safety. It brings security. You know, the Son of God became human, and when he did, God gave him a mother to protect him through his young years. Nobody protects a baby more than a mother. Nobody, you know, as they get older, you know, fathers get a little bit more protected. But when it comes to, when it comes to the little bitty guys, nobody protects like a mother does. Nothing in this world, listen, nothing in this world is more fierce than the protective nature of a mother. You believe that? In fact, you know the difference between a dangerously ferocious pit bull and an angry protective mother like my wife? You know what the difference is? Lipstick. That's the only difference. We honor our mothers today because of their protective nature. I can tell you there's a really good chance that the reason that you're alive today is because, you know, when you were two years old, your mother was protecting you. When you, when you really didn't even have a conscience, you didn't know what you're doing. I got scar on my thumb of getting into a razor blade when I was like two years old or something like that, or one and a half years old. I don't even remember. My mom told me stories. I was always crawling and doing things and disappearing or whatever. My mother had to protect me. We honor our mothers for their protection. A dad's area, dads aren't near as protective of moms. My, both of my kids, Savannah and Baylor both, have scars on their face of, you know, their mother leaving them alone with me. You know, they, each of them have a scar on their face. Now, with, as far as I'm concerned, did you die? You know what I'm saying? You're okay. And all guys in the house would say, are they okay? Did they live? Yeah. Well, then you, you did a good job, Travis. All dads would get a thumbs up, you know, because the kids didn't die. But a mother is fiercely protective. Uh, she's different. Because God put that in her as a mother. It is a mother's heart. Uh, my wife is very protective. She is overly protective, I, I sometimes I have seen her jump from a moving boat into the water to, because she thought her son, something was wrong with him. Guys, let me give you some friendly advice. Uh, don't ever make a mother uh, choose between your safety and the safety of her kid. Because if you make her choose, you will lose. Are you with me? Jesus, as a child, needed a protector, so God gave him a mother. Mothers, we honor you today because of your protective nature, and because of your protective nature, we're probably alive today. Number three, a mother ponders. A mother ponders. The night Jesus was born, the angels appeared to the shepherds who, were later, found, who later found Jesus, and they were celebrating. They were with Jesus in the manger. Luke 2 and 17 says, And when they saw when they saw it, they, were, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. So the shepherds were running around telling everybody, you know, what we saw. We saw angels in the middle of a field, and they were singing, and they were announcing the Messiah. And then they found Mary and Joseph and saw Jesus lying in the manger. So they go in, and they told uh, Mary, Joseph, uh, what they had seen. The 19th verse says, but Mary treasured up all of these things pondering them in her heart everybody was going like you know going crazy but mary was silent and she was thinking about what is what does this mean and she treasured up these things pondering them in her heart a, a mother stores up and ponders the lives of her children imagine being mary and imagine raising the pressure of raising the messiah at some point As Jesus began to get older, I believe that that a natural mother instinct began to kick in. But did she scold him? Did she scold Jesus? I mean, something, I I guarantee you. And as I can see in a a miracle that happens later, I can see that there was, even though he was the Messiah, I'm still your mother kind of a thing. There was that relationship there. I mean, what did she say when she scolded him? Listen, young man, I don't care if you are the savior of the world, eat your spinach. You know what I'm saying? What was it like? I mean, I don't care if you're the son of God or the son of Joseph. You got to do what I tell you to do. Hey, the Messiah is not messy. Get in here and clean up your room. What was it like? Once Once Mary left Jesus in Jerusalem and left him there and was not able to find him for three days. Imagine losing the Messiah. You had one job. You know what I'm saying? Luke 2 and 48 talks about this. And when his parents saw him, they find, it took them three days to find him. Jesus was in the temple. He was 12 years old. They were astonished. And his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us? So why did you, you do this to us? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in, in great distress. And he said to them, why are you looking for me? It was Jesus. Why are you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Check this. And they did not understand the saying. That he spoke to them in other words it was a natural family they weren't they weren't aware of all the godly things that god was going to do in his life in the future they were just trying to be a family so they didn't understand what are you talking about you have to be about your father's business you're a carpenter's son and he went down with them and came to nazareth and was submissive to them and his mother check this and his mother treasured up all these things in her heart so we see it again when, as Jesus would say things, as she would experience certain, certain things of Jesus, that she treasured up things in her heart. She pondered them. Uh, that word treasure in the Greek means to keep. To keep continually or, or carefully. She keeps you, your mother keeps you in her heart. No matter what you do, no matter uh, if, if she's ashamed of you or she's proud of you, she stores up. She keeps you in her heart. She ponders your life and she keeps you in her heart. Well, and that's why we consider our decisions. That's why as sons and daughters we consider our decisions because no matter what we do, whether we're right or wrong, she keeps us in our heart. In Proverbs 17 and 25, it, it, it just says that a foolish son brings grief to his mother. Why, how, how in the world does a, 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 son bring, a foolish son bring grief to his mother? Because no matter what, she goes through that with him. We honor our mothers with our decisions because she keeps us in her heart. 30 years ago, my youngest brother, uh, uh, he moved out and he went on to make some incredibly bad decisions with his life and caused my mother a tremendous amount of grief and i had several conversations with her through this decade of of how he lived but she always kept him in her heart up until the day that we did his funeral she never gave up on him she pondered his life and she kept him mothers ponder our lives and keep us in their hearts and um, that that's why mothers i believe have such good memories. I, I can't remember near the things. Somebody has to remind me of the things that happen in my life or, 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 or uh, my kid's life. They are keepers of memories. They keep us in their hearts. That's why when you lose your mother, I can ex- speak of experience. When you lose your mother and she, she passes on to the next life, you lose a piece of yourself. Because your mother remembers things about you that you don't even remember about yourself. I mean, you've got a few of these, you know. You know what I'm saying? You've got a few of those. You've got pictures of, of some of your celebrations, you know, when you won the state. And you've got pictures of uh, a few things that are memorable to you. But your mother has a vault of memories stored up in her mind. She remembers the day that you were born. She remembers how that, how that felt. Your mother remembers, she rem- remembers you running around the house in your diapers, when you were cute. She remembers when you were little and when you got your first A. She remembers your first dance. Am I right, moms? She remembers your first dance. You don't even remember your first dance. You remember what you did at your prom? She does. She remembers what you were wearing. She helped pick it out. You know what I'm saying? She had you take off whatever garb. She tried to talk you out of wearing that 80s stuff. You know what I'm saying? There is a vault-locked storage of Memories for your mom because she keeps and she ponders. She knows more about you than you know about yourself. That's why we want to be a blessing in our decisions. Amen? Because she keeps. Lastly, a mother presses. She brings out the best in us. Jesus' first miracle is recorded in John, the second chapter, in the first verse. It says this. This was a wedding. The next day, there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to celebrate, or to the celebration. The wine supply ran out during the festivities, so Jesus' mother told him uh, they have no more wine. Now, this is important because a wedding in those days might take a week. So you would have to have several vats, barrels of, of, of wine, and it would be embarrassing to the family It would look like an oversight and it would bring shame on you if you if the master they had a master of ceremonies and kind of like a a wedding planner somebody that would come out and announce the bride and groom a week a week party of of getting married something like that well anyway if you ran out of wine that looked very very bad on you so mary comes to jesus and he said and she says hey you need to you know you need to do something about this basically in the fourth verse jesus says this Dear woman, that's not our problem, Jesus replied. My time has not come. Uh, f- guys, I want to explain to you, if you're here and you're, you know, you're, you're in your house and uh, you're in your teens or whatever, I want to strongly recommend that you try this. Next time your mother tells you to do something, look at her and just quote from the Bible. Dear woman, that's not my problem. My time has not come. I strongly recommend. I want to see how that works out with you. Just, just say you're quoting the words of Jesus. Dear woman, that's not my problem. Clean your room. Dear woman, that's not my problem. My time has not come. I'm quoting the words of Jesus. Yeah, just let me know how that works out. Okay. But his mother told the service, do whatever he tells you. I think that that's interesting. Jesus, the son of God. God in the flesh, Emmanuel says, he says, it's not my time right now. You know, he's he's thinking divinity. He's thinking all these things in this future. And he's saying, she's like, we need to do something about that. You need to do something about this, son. And he goes, the the time is not right. She ignores what he says, walks over to the people standing there and says, do whatever he says. In other words, (laughs) he's going to do what I tell him to do. Jesus is 30 years old, 29 years old. Well, I mean, that not that just like a mom? But his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. Standing nearby were six stone water jars used for the Jewish ceremonial washing. Each one could hold about 30 gallons. So Jesus told the servants, all right, we're going to do this. Fill up the jars with water. When the jars were filled, he said, now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremony. So the servants, it. long story short, uh, the, the wine was best anybody ever tasted. Jesus did it. It's interesting that Jesus first refuses and then seems to change his mind out of respect and honor for his mother. Can you see that? I think we overlook this sometimes. Maybe Jesus was waiting for the right moment. Maybe, may, if I were Jesus and I was going to announce that I am God in the flesh, I wouldn't use, you know, may, maybe he didn't want it to be involved you know, in alcohol at a wedding party. That's not the time that I want to come out as the Messiah. Maybe Jesus was waiting for the right moment. Maybe he was thinking to himself, you know what, I'm going to wait until I have the opportunity to heal somebody down by the temple, or I'm going to raise somebody from the dead. You know, he knew that God was going to work in him, but maybe he was waiting for the right moment. I, I don't believe that it was necessarily God's will and God's divine plan that Jesus would announce that he could, you know had power over the elements of the world and changed water into wine. I don't know if that was God's plan. I don't think it was God's plan that God would, you know, this is the time that he announces to the world. But here's what I do know. God told us to honor our mothers. And, and I don't believe Jesus was an exception. And I believe that God used this moment. And, I, you know, I can, if you want to debate this, you can, but I've been over time to that God used this moment to announce to his son that he was God in the flesh in a moment when Jesus honored his mother. Isn't that interesting? Here's the point. Whenever you have to choose between your own agenda or to honor your mother, always choose to honor your mother. Amen? Listen to your mother. God honors those who honor their miracles. God used the push of a mother to begin his son's Ministry and it turns out to to be one of the most beautiful Practical miracles in the Bible, you know there are areas In our lives where a mother brings to surface what is laid dormant Nobody has the power to do that more than a mother But a mother if we honor our mother She brings out the things in our lives that we don't even know are there and there's something about her love for us and her guiding us that even when we don't feel right about it, even when we're hesitant, that if we will honor her requests, that she brings out something and shows us something that we don't even know about ourselves. You believe that same man. Um, my dad taught me work ethic. He taught me how to work hard. I was the hardest working 12-year-old you ever met, I guarantee it. My dad taught me to work hard, okay? But my mom taught me how to make money. <laughs> She taught me how. She was an Italian. She taught me how to make money. She told me how to be smart with my money. She, she taught me how to save money and spend money. When I was... Uh, I don't know if you grew up... Did anybody grow up in the 70s? The 70s were an awesome time. I was born in the late 60s. That's a long time ago, isn't it? The 70s. Last century. I... Uh, when I was... Five six years old man there was no money in my house I'm telling you what we we were so poor that the poor people felt sorry for us that's how that's how poor we were Uh, that I remember people would uh, these are travesties that you might have heard before we were so poor that we couldn't afford milk so somebody gave us a goat so I had to milk a goat when I was like six years old which any you ever try to milk a goat anyway long story but man we just there was no it was we had we struggled with food we struggled with i mean it would just say say well you know we were young and we were poor and we were poor and we didn't know it let me tell you something we were poor and we knew it it was rough and in 1973 there was a show that came out that just blew everything away and it was called the six million dollar man does anybody remember the six million dollar man The six million dollar man astronaut Steve Austin on a you know he blows up in a ship and he almost dies and they rebuild him faster stronger anybody remember okay anybody know don't know what I'm talking about okay that's why we have YouTube okay in 1973 the show came out and it was huge and this toy company came out and made these guys these six million dollar men and these were the bomb.com and I when I saw this and they they had these on television. I thought, man, uh, at six years old. There was it was something I had to have. So I went and talked to my mom, and I said, Mom, I gotta have a six million dollar man. I have got to have a six million dollar man. And she said, My mom didn't tell me no. She goes, and listen, back then they were, these things were like 12, 15 bucks. I was just like, she she didn't tell. That would be like buying a PlayStation today. It'd be like it might as well cost a thousand dollars. We didn't have the money, man. So she she said, Hey, listen. We don't have the money, but I'll tell you what I'll do. You and me will figure out a way. So here's what we did. This is back when, in the 70s, everybody littered. Remember that? You don't. But everybody littered in the 60s and 70s. And here's the deal, all Cokes, all Coke, all soft drinks came in glass bottles. So people would just throw them out their window. So here's what, here's, here's what we did. My mom and I walked streets and highways for a solid month And every bottle was about a nickel, and we cashed those in at the grocery store and took $15 or whatever. Probably, we probably made 50 bucks, knowing my mom, she gave me 15 and pocketed the rest, knowing my mom. But we went down and we bought a $6 million man. I'll never forget that. I don't remember so much about the $6 million man and playing with it, but I do remember my mom walking with me up highways and byways, helping me get that. I want to tell you something. Your mom... Presses you and brings more out of you than anybody else and that's why we honor our moms today amen I want to close with this today we've looked at the life of Jesus through the eyes of his mother and I, I believe that in light of that as we've done that on that journey hopefully we've honored our mothers but it's important that as we honor our mothers that we ask ourselves how do we see Jesus in this Not only we want to look at Jesus through the eyes of his mother, but we also want to see a side of Jesus that hopefully draws us to him. So as I'm closing today, I want to ask you a question. Who is Jesus to you? What does he mean to you? What does it mean to have a relationship with a Savior? I want to strongly encourage you today that if you need to take a step towards Jesus, that you do that today. So Heavenly Father, we pray today, and I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that we have to be here. And thank you, Lord, for speaking to us. And thank you, Lord, as we have spent time honoring you, Lord, we've also had the opportunity to honor our mothers. And I pray, Lord, that more than anything, wherever we are, we will surrender our lives to you in the name of Jesus. As your heads are bowed and nobody looking around, nobody moving around, maybe you're here today. And before we pray any other prayer, maybe you're here today and Mother's Day is a time of memory for you and it's it's not pleasant. Maybe you're hurting. Maybe you're hurting because of a decision that you made. Maybe you're hurting because your mother's not here. Maybe you're here and and you're a mother and you you have lost a child and Mother's Day is a time of hurt. Can I pray with you right now? I want to pray for every mother. I want to pray for every mother that's here, every mother that's hurting. I just want to pray with you right now. Guys, if you're seated, kids, if you're seated, teenagers, if you're seated next to your mom, take them by the hand. Let's pray for our mothers. Is that okay? So, Heavenly Father, we pray for every mother that's here today. First of all, we are grateful and we are thankful for our mothers. We are blessed to have them to honor our lives. So, first of all, we thank you for that. I pray that you will bless every mom that's here, wherever we are, wherever she is, Lord. If she's not here, bless every mother, Lord, that's represented here today. And Lord, we we pray for every person here that might be hurting because of their mother is not here. Lord, I pray that you will bring comfort. When we lose somebody, you're... Scripture says that we don't hope or we don't grieve with no hope because we see others one day in the next life. So let us hold on to that hope. We pray for mothers, Lord, that might have lost children. And Mother's Day is a time of hurt. Lord, I pray that you will bring comfort to any mother that might be hurting today. Lord, we bless every mother in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. While your heads are still bowed, I want to pray one more prayer. If you're here and you don't know the Lord, or if you're watching us online and you don't know the Lord, I'd like to pray with you. You don't have to stand. You don't have to walk the aisles. You don't have to do anything. I just want to know that if there's anybody here that doesn't know Jesus, I, I want to, I'm going to pray. But before I pray, if there's anybody here that doesn't know Jesus, I'd like to know. You don't have to come up here or anything. But just between you, me, and God, if you can say, Travis, if you'll pray, I'm going to pray with you right now. Quickly, just put your hand up and put it down so I know I'm praying for somebody today. Can anybody say that? That's me, Travis. I'm going to give my life to Christ. All right? Anybody else? Anybody else? I see your hand in the back. You can put it down. Anybody else? Travis, I'm going to give my life to Christ today. Okay, we're going to pray. And if you lifted your hand, if I didn't see your hand, pray this prayer with us. If you're watching us online... Please pray this with us. Give your life to Christ. Dear Heavenly Father, just repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I'm before you today and I give you my life. Jesus, I ask you to be Lord and Savior of my life, to forgive me for all of my sins. Wash me clean and whole by your grace. I believe in you, Jesus, that you died for me and rose from the dead. And from this moment on, My life is committed to you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Come on, guys, let's celebrate those that have given their lives to the Lord.